boy free, repping G-O-D, the pastor of A-L-C, <laughs> and it's Friday, listen, it's another Free and D Friday podcast, let's go. <laughs> Church all your life. Yeah, boy. I'm a church boy. Church boy. I'm a 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 a wonderful, fantabulous Friday. Before I get into the thick of things, I just got through eating uh, uh, some peanuts. And I happened to turn the bag over, and the bag says, Choking warning. Do not give to children under four years of age. For whatever reason, that struck me. I thought about the fact that as, you know, the truth of the matter is, peanuts are not bad unless you have peanut allergies. But I would assume that because they're small and some of them are kind of halved or whatever, the the idea is that a child may not be able to handle the peanut and may choke on it. The implication here is that it's possible for there to be something that's good, just not good right now, and that some are too immature to partake at this particular moment. What if we were to apply that same principle to our walk with God? We pray, we cry out, we fast. We're upset because it seems like God is blessing everybody except for us. But what if what you're asking God for, you're not mature enough yet to receive? And so maybe God is not, uh, you know, being mean or holding back something from us. Maybe you're not waiting on God. Maybe God is waiting on you to grow up and be ready have whatever it is that you've been asking God for. But anyway, y'all know free funny, right? Like, like hilarious, like hilariously funny. So check this out. Clergy Appreciation Month is over, but this is the month of my pastoral appreciation. So I got a pastor joke. This is called the golden phone. It seems a man in Topeka, Kansas decides to write a book about churches around the country. He starts by flying to San Francisco and working east from there. He goes to a very large church and begins taking pictures. He spots a golden telephone on the wall and is intrigued with a sign that reads $10,000 a minute. Seeking out the pastor, he asks about the phone and the sign. The pastor answers that this golden phone is in fact a direct line to heaven. And if he pays the price, he can talk directly to God. He thanks the pastor and continues on his way. As he continues to visit churches in Seattle, Denver, Boise, Milwaukee, Chicago, New York, and on around the United States, he finds more phones with the same sign and the same answer from each pastor. Finally, he arrives in the South. Upon entering a church, lo and behold, he sees the usual golden telephone. But this time the sign reads, calls 25 cents. Fascinated, he has to talk to the pastor. Reverend, I've been in cities all across the country, and in each church I found this golden telephone, and I have been told it's a direct line to heaven and that I could talk to God, but in other churches the cost was $10,000 a minute. Your sign says 25 cents a call. Why? The pastor, smiling, replies, well, son, you're in the South now, so it's a local call. (laughs) 
Listen, that's funny to me because I'm a Texas boy and I love being from the South. Uh, those from the South stand up one time. It was a rough year for my Rockets. The Astros just got put out of the World Series. Mm, my Texans ain't doing too good. We'll see what these cowgirls do. Did I say that? Or I didn't mean to say cowgirls. Yes, I did. Let's Remember, go. Remember, I've told you on several occasions that if you want Free Indeed Ministries products, that includes my music, literary works, movies, uh, Lady Kayla's music. You can always get that stuff at www.freetheletterndministries.com. Most of our stuff is there. It's time for some free time music, though. And I'm going to get way, way back in the closet. Uh, I don't even remember the year it was, but Lady Kayla put out a record called Time to Surrender. Uh, I still don't think we had that on any digital platforms, but we're going to get that out very soon because it was really good music way back in the day. This is when I kind of was starting to get into production uh, and, and, and kind of was glad to be able to executive produce a full record uh, for my songbird of a wife. Uh, this song is called It's Over. It was produced by Christopher Spivey and David D1 Grant before they were just super major producers and whatnot. But anyway, this song is called It's Over. I kind of narrate and rap on this one, but the vocals are the incomparable. Kayla Freeman, It's Over. Let's go. What's happening? A little encouragement for the people of God. Some of us stuck on yesterday. God is trying to give us tomorrow. Well, here's a little theological public service announcement. It's over. Go. Picture up when you have fallen down. She 
Somebody out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. A loved one on lockdown can seem to turn his life around. Or maybe you that ain't worked out your feelings from some wonder then walked out to kids forgot about. See, a lot of times we get incarcerated by a path, eliminated and frustrated by old trash. Forgot that by the blood of Jesus, we are free at last. Pitching a pity party by problems we done had. But whom the sun says free is free indeed. And if the sun needs to witness indeed, it will be free. I be too busy giving praise to Jehovah to stop sniffing by stuff I know is already over. Go! From the past, it's over by Kayla Freeman off the time to surrender record. <laughs> when I was listening back, I said, Man, that boy sound like Curtis Blow. <laughs> anyway, don't hate anybody who laughed at that is a hater because your boy was spitting hot fire. Anyway, that's some free time music. I told you, free, funny, gave you a little brief, quick word. And now uh, we're gonna get to the word of the Lord. I want to thank those of you who have already been supporting the book release, Dear Young Preacher. If you haven't done that, please, ma'am, please, sir, go to www.freetheletterindeedministries.com and you can purchase all Free Indeed products, especially DYP. But I'm about to get to this word. I'm in a sermon series. We're recapping that I preached at the Abundant Life Church called I Won't Complain. We left off in Exodus chapter 14, but I'm going to pick up today in Exodus chapter 20. And this was a very potent word that ministered directly to me. And I hope it'll be a blessing, a challenge to refocus you as well. This sermon was called Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind. This is I Won't Complain, part six. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Turning your Bibles to Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. And I know y'all say, well, listen, Mother's Day was last week. But how we get to chapter 20, I believe we left off in chapter 14. Here's the problem. Uh, For those of you who are guests, I'm preaching through a series called I Won't Complain. I won't complain. And we've been kind of going through the book of Numbers and a story where God is leading the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. And what should have been a short journey turns into a long one because they keep complaining. And God literally gives them punishment because of their complaints. Now, I stopped uh, preaching in chapter 14 or 15. And we jump into chapter 20. Because literally the chapters in between is the same thing over and over. They complain about the food. They complain about the pastor. And I just can't do a piss that pastor part six, seven, eight. I just so so we're gonna skip to Numbers chapter 20, where there's a little difference. Stand to your feet with your Bible or your phone, your app in your hand. Uh, you can do it at home if you need to, or well, you should. Go ahead and stand. You in your kitchen stand. In reference to the reading of the word of God, let's recite our pre-word mantra. This is my Bible, the infallible word of God. I am what it says I am. I can have what it says I can. The promises of God are sure in my life. Amen. Numbers chapter 20, we're going to start reading at verse 1. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zin. And they stayed at Kadesh. 
There, Miriam died and was buried. Now, there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron. They quarreled with Moses and said, if only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this wilderness that we and our livestock should die here? Verse 5, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Verse 6, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meetings and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. The Lord said to Moses, take the staff, and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together and speak to that rock. Speak to that rock rock. Say it with me. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, listen, you rebels. Must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. And the water gushed out. And the community and their livestock drank. Verse 12, but the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. These were the waters of Meribah where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he was proved holy among them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Man, the story was going so dope, and then all of a sudden, the bottom fell out. This is I Won't Complain, part six. I want to talk. Y'all going to make me lose my mind. Be seated in the presence of the Lord. We're still grieving the loss of the urban prophet, Dark Man X, who made this phrase popular. Y'all going to make me lose my mind up in here. Man, we didn't got old. Look, the children, don't, they're, they're unmoved. They completely don't. Y'all going to make me act a fool. Jason, you know all the lyrics? <laughs> Not all of them, but the hook. You know All right. Here it is. Listen, before you get too ratchet, the, the words of the song uh, calls us to go to a place mentally where most of us have been before. Although most of us have been there emotionally, the truth is we should never give people that much power. 
Anybody real enough to testify that you've had some run-ins with some folk that said the wrong thing, took advantage of you, looked at you sideways, and literally caused you to respond in a way that is not who you are, or at least not who you thought you were? Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. There have been times where I've had to deal with folk who I've bent over backwards to help only to find out that at the first opportunity, they hurt me. And I had that DMX mentality. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind. Up in, anybody ever gave your last to somebody and when you needed help, they were like, man, I, I, ain't, I ain't gonna be able to do it. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here. I, I, I realize now that I love biopics. I love biopics. They have quickly become my favorite genre of movie, Ricky, uh, because they give us interesting insight into the lives of people that we would not otherwise know. Now, uh, there's one biopic that I really love. It may be my favorite. It's called Get On Up. In the movie Get On Up, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, plays, uh, what is he, the godfather of soul, that's the proper name, James Brown. And there's this instance where James Brown Scales comes into the studio and his band is sitting around. They've obviously been having a conversation behind his back and they have decided they are no longer allow allowing him to find them or to treat them a certain way. And I love it because Chadwick Boseman, he does a great job and I believe James probably did the same thing. He started moving around with frustration and anger, and then he says, y'all ain't gonna make me come outside of myself. I love that phrase because he, he literally is showing the tension, the frustration of when somebody causes you to get welled up with anger. But he says, but I'm not going to allow you to move me off my square. I'm not going to allow you to transform my behavior. I'm not going to give people the power to make me act in a way that I don't want to act. And some of y'all are sitting there because you already missing the train that's leaving the station. God sent me on a sign to tell you the time has passed for the people of God to allow other folk or the things in this world to make you act a fool. At the end of the day, you've got to have enough restraint, enough discipline to not allow the actions of people to change the way you are, to change the way you love, to change the way you talk, to change the way you forgive. Numbers chapter 20. Numbers chapter 20. It cautions us concerning allowing frustration with folks to influence our behavior. Now, this may not be the sermon you get to shout today. Because there are about 17 of you, I can look in your eyes and tell that you are easily teed off. That it don't take a whole lot. And then there are some of you, you're very patient. But when you get there, I mean, when, when they finally get on that last nerve. That you become a whole nother person. Sad reality of this narrative is that Moses ultimately allows the complaining of the crowd to produce consequences in his life. I want to hear you say consequences in my life. The truth of the matter is if you allow other people to bend you out of shape. 
if you allow how folk talk to you to make you act crazy, there will be consequences in your life. Y'all are quiet. Here it is. I, I, I love this story, even though it's a dark one, because watch this. After Moses' unique call, y'all remember, take your shoes off. You on holy ground. God called him out of a burning bush. After Moses is hesitant to obey, he says, God, I can't go because I can't even t -t talk, talk good. God says, it's cool. I'll send Aaron, and he'll be your mouthpiece. After the pastor patience that Moses has had with these Ninevites in the wilderness. After enduring the criticism, after observing the miracles of God, and now he's so close to the promised land. I mean, Moses, he, he right there. He, he's been faithful to God all the while. Scales, and then I'm bothered because right there at the goal line, Moses fumbles the ball. And my, my concern today is that there's somebody in the room that you're watching everybody else trip. You're watching everybody else fail. You're watching everybody else fumble. But you've been faithful so far. But then at the right time, somebody come at you the wrong way. And then you forfeit the favor that God has in store for your life and fumble the ball. God sent me on assignment to tell you too close to allow somebody else's foolishness to make you forfeit. This is a different kind of chapter, Myron, because all of a sudden, the one who God could depend on becomes undependable. Ah! The, the one who has been faithful all the while becomes faithless. And that's what hanging around complainers will do to you. Maybe the word today, Ricky, is we got to be cautious of the company we keep because they start to wear on our integrity. Who have you been kicking it with for so long that you starting to talk like them? You starting to complain like them? You starting to doubt like them. Y'all, I can tell this is the word for the house right here. Those of you who are at home, who is it in your life that's starting to bring something out of you that you didn't even know was there? You, 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 you saw it in them. You used to judge it in them. But some kind of way, it then jumped on you. Oh, y'all quiet in here. M M M Moses shows us how dangerous it can be to allow the behaviors of others to influence how we behave. Let's, let's dig at the story real quick. I'm, I'm going to preach real quick because the rain has got y'all attention. I'm going to be done. Here, here it is. The first thing that the text talks about is a dreadful disposition. If you're writing, write that down. The whole story begins, Scales, because the people are still complaining. Josh, we started in Numbers 11, and they was complaining. Now, Big Mama and Mama have died because of complaining. But because there has been an example of complaint, now we've got complaining cheering. Y'all quiet. So some of y'all, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you got to be so ungrateful because they've been watching you. You know, some of y'all got kids that go to school cussing. And you got the audacity being there. So I don't know why they hear you cussing. And so the example that generations set are passed down from generation to generation. And now Moses and just a few others are the remnant of the previous generation.
generation. But the complaint has passed down. Now, now here's the word. Here's the word. Here's the word. The cost of complaining can't be calculated. You think you know what the worst is. Anybody ever said, well, you know, I know I shouldn't do this, but if I do it, the worst that can happen is. Let me go ahead and tell you, the worst that can happen is never the worst that can happen. Anybody ever thought you had calculated the consequence only to discover that this ain't what? Like you like, okay, so say, you know, we have some unprotected relations. You know, the worst that can happen is she get pregnant. You had no intentions of being impregnated by a fool. The worst was worse than the worst you calculated. And a fool that can't keep a job. Yeah, one who crazy who will put a brick through your car window. Yeah, you know, yeah, bust the windows out your car. You, you, you didn't calculate the worst because the worst that you calculated wasn't the worst that it could be. And so here it is. The children of Israel think that their complaining against God won't be that bad. But we already see consequences. One, they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. They are stuck in their situation because they complain. The reason I stayed in this uh, series for so long is because somebody is stuck right now. And you have no idea that the reason you're stuck is because of your spirit of complaint. But not only are they stuck, the text starts by saying, now Miriam is dead. Miriam is Moses' sister. But remember at the beginning of the series, Miriam was one of the complainers. Can I tell you that proximity won't keep you from consequences. That, that, that being kin to the man of God is not going to stop God from judging you for yours. Y'all quiet. The third principle here is now the Bible says they're in the wilderness and there is no water. Now, I love this because the fact that there's no water, that's a real problem. Right? We all need water. We need water to drink. We need water to wash. We need water. It is a necessity. And so these people have a legitimate complaint. We ain't got no water. These people did the same thing that us people did in February. Snowstorm. They cut off the water and the lights. And you, you, you have gotten so accustomed to your convenience. You didn't even realize flushing the toilet was a convenience. You, you didn't realize it. And sometimes God will take away your conveniences to show you. Oh, y'all ought to talk back to your boy. And we ain't got no water. So, so, so here it is. They are still in this dreadful disposition of constant complaining. And God is continually trying to curb their constant complaining, trying to change them. Yet and still, they just keep on complaining after after complaint. Now, we can deal with the no water, but no water turns into, why you bring us here? Because a complaining spirit constantly grows. Why you bring us out of Egypt? Say, we ain't got no figs out here. It goes from necessity to want. It goes from we don't have what we need to where are all the things that we want? Y'all are quiet in here. 
And, and the truth of the matter is, we never know how bad the conditions of our complaints are because the Father has every right to cut you off for complaining. I've got a friend right now who um, we had a conversation leading up to Christmas. They were talking about getting an iPhone for their child. iPhone. Now, you, you know, back in the day, we used to want, you know, reasonable stuff. Give me a puzzle. Can I get, you remember, you remember you want reasonable stuff, can I get a football? Every now and then a baseball glove. When, when Nintendo came out, then we started feeling it. Hey, can I get a Nintendo? But these children don't ask for games. They ask for grown people stuff. You, you want an iPhone? I work. You, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> He, he, he says he's going, he was, he was going back and forth. It, it was interesting because I remember the conversations going back and forth. Should I get this child his iPhone? You know, they're too young, irresponsible. They, they done broke all the stuff that I done gave them technology-wise. And, and, then, and then he finally gets close to Christmas. I think I'm going to go and do it, dog. Uh, and then the child gets in trouble in school. Say, man, I don't know. I was about to do it, but they doing the fool in school. It don't make sense for me to reward fool. I'm doing this on purpose on you, Sunday. Parents, you welcome. Yeah, I, I don't think I should do this, you know, because at the end of the day, it don't seem like I should reward bad behavior. Yeah, if I can't trust them to be responsible with their grades and to act like they got sense, they don't need no iPhone. But still, you know, my, 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 friend, my friend caves in because you know how children can do. You know, get, get you kind of soft and make you make bad decisions. And, and, and gets the phone. And, and so we talk after Christmas, uh, Scales, and he says, man, you will never believe this. I got the phone. After I, I, I struggled, kid was acting a fool. I got the phone anyway. And the first thing my child says, is that ain't the color I wanted. Now, already, you know, I'm laughing, right? <laughs> but, but, then, but then he blessed me. He says, I took the phone away and gave it to their younger sister. And, and he, he threw a little fit, said, well, since you want to complain about what you didn't even deserve, you don't have to have it. Now, if you're not careful, you'll get sidetracked by the story and miss what I'm trying to say to you. The truth of the matter is God has blessed many of us with stuff that we did not deserve, stuff that we did not earn. Our behavior was all out the way, and God blessed you anyway, and you got the to poke your lips out complaining because it's the wrong color well I need to tell you God will take it from you and give it to somebody who will be grateful a dreadful disposition the second thing the text talks about I'm right here in the, in the narrative here it is the word of God says a word of divine directive uh, Sierra I don't know why God is so dope <laughs> that even when I messed up he will come along and clean up my mess. Now, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I feel like I try to be a decent daddy. But if my child spilled the milk, 
then you need to come clean up the milk. Well, I serve a God that every now and then will move me out of the way from milk I spilled and clean up. Y'all ain't, see, y'all don't know when to shout. He'll, he'll clean up the mess for me. And so the Bible says they're complaining because they have no water. And God says to Moses and Aaron, take the staff and go and speak to that rock. And from the rock, water will come gushing out of a rock. Can I tell somebody that the grace of God will get us out of graves that we dug for ourselves? If you can't rejoice over anything else, you ought to shout and thank God for the times that God delivered you from your own self. God brought you out of situations you got your own self in. Come on, I just need seven real people that would declare half of the hell I experienced. I put myself in it. I, I bought something I couldn't afford. I, I dated somebody because of how they looked and didn't examine their heart. And because I put myself in a bad place, God could have let me suffer, but because he's gracious. That word grace means unmerited favor. That means God keep on giving me what I don't deserve. These complainers deserve to die of thirst in the wilderness, but the grace of God says, no, I'm going to give you water from a rock. How many times has God provided deliverance for you from a situation you put yourself in? So here it is, the guidance of God, the grace of God will get us out of graves we didn't dig, but scales, the guidance of God leads us to gushing rocks. Now see, I can tell y'all, y'all came to be mean today because a rock that produces water, a rock that produces water. I've seen rocks produce a lot of things. I've seen rocks produce houses. I've seen rocks produce weapons. I've seen rocks produce knots upside the head. I ain't never seen a rock produce water. But the text says, if you do what God says, how God says it, God will produce miracles that don't make any sense that cannot be explained. Now, for those of you that don't need a miracle, this is where you sit there like silent, stale statues in the sanctuary. But I'm talking to the nine of you like me who need some miracles. Right about now, if God don't do something supernatural, I may not make it through this season. And I serve a God who declares, if you just do what I say and do it says, he says, take your staff. Now, now Dre, I, I, need to, I need us to understand that this staff is already a miraculous thing. It's this budding rod that they carry with them as a congregation, as a reminder of God's power. 
but now it has been deposited in the sanctuary. Moses don't walk around with the rod, but on this particular occasion, God says, go get the rod. Now, the rod is only there as a sign of Moses' authority. And every now and then, God will put something in your hand to see if you'll use it properly. Take the rod, gather the people, and speak to that rock. Not a rock. It's specific. God gives him specific instructions. And Moses... With his divine instruction. In my mind, he out there strutting. Y'all out here complaining about you ain't got no walls. Watch, watch how God do. Y'all watch. Y'all know how you do <laughs> when you think you finally got somebody. You, ooh, ooh, ooh. You been out here complaining. Watch this. You can't get no water out of rock. Watch what I'm about to do. Got these divine instructions. Take the rod as a sign. And the rod is a test. Have it in your hand, but don't use it. Speak to that rock. Text says we've got a dreadful disposition. We've got a divine directive. But then there is a distracted disobedience. If you're writing, write that down. Speak to that rock. Now, Bible readers know that in Exodus and Sinai, God told Moses, hit the rock. And he hit the rock and water came out. The problem is you keep thinking God's going to do it this time the way he did it last time. And if you're not careful, you'll miss the blessing of now apply, applying the process of the, y'all are quiet. I, I, I know I'm preaching because this has ministered to me. God says, are you going to keep on expecting me to do an old thing uh, when I'm working in the now? And God says, if you keep on thinking that I have to do it the old way, then you're going to miss what I'm trying to do right now. In, in the past, you had to hit it. But this time, I want you to speak to it. Can I tell somebody that the more faithful you are to God, the easier the miracles come. In the past, you had to hit it. But you've built the type of faith now that all you got to do, just speak to it. Now Moses, he's distracted because he's frustrated. Because he's angry. And the meat of the message today is don't make rash decisions while you in your feelings. Yeah, that's pretty much a good place to stop right there. I, if I could make it echo so that you could hear that sentiment over and over and over again, I would. That's something all of us need to hear. Anyway, that was I Won't Complain Part 6. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind up in here, up in here. Anyway, I do hope that this series is blessing you the way it blessed my life, and I believe it blessed our church uh, at the time of the preaching. 
Give me my flower. Why? I, 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 I couldn't even get it out. It's time for me to give away some flowers this free indeed Friday. Today, I want to give away flowers to my wife, Kayla Shari Freeman. Anyway, uh, I want to thank God for giving me as um, a help meet and a partner in this life, um, this woman of God who uh, is a sweet soul, a gifted individual, one who uh, has been loyal and by my side now for at least the last 17 years. in holy matrimony, we celebrate 17 years of marriage, November the 12th, uh, but not only um, in marriage, but by my side in ministry, by my side, parenting our three children. Uh, and before the anniversary comes, I want to just thank God for you. Thank God for your spirit. Thank God for your encouragement, your love, uh, your contribution to the journey, the times that I wanted to quit and give up. And you literally willed me back into the will of God. I thank God for you. And I want to just encourage you and love on you and let you know that I'm proud of uh, the woman of God that you are. And I want you to continue uh, trusting him, continue following me. And we're going to make this thing happen, you dick. Anyway, Kayla, I love you. Take these flowers, girl. Man, y'all probably want some more, but your boy got to go. I hope I've done my part to get you through this traffic this Friday for the Free and Deep Rock Day Podcast. Anyway, before I let you go, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Most holy and righteous God, it is to you we give the glory. It is to you we give the praise. Lord, you've done so much for us. It's just appropriate in this moment, this Friday, we take some time to bless your name. Father, thank you for being good. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for being kind and merciful and gracious. Thank you for loving us when many of us didn't love ourselves. Thank you for making a way out of no way. Thank you, Lord, for not throwing us away even when we acted like trash. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we just want to thank you for everything. And thank you for Jesus, whose precious blood washes our sins away. Lord, we confess that we are sinners, that we uh, sometimes just don't get it right. We don't do the things you've commanded us to do and then have the audacity to do the things you've commanded us not to do. But Lord God, we throw ourselves on your mercy and we ask for your forgiveness and your grace. Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would make us more grateful people. As we enter into this month where we celebrate Thanksgiving Day uh, nationally, Lord, allow us to take on an attitude of gratitude and thankful hearts uh, to thank you, Lord God. Many of us live much better now than we ever have in our lives. Many of us are doing better than our parents did, and yet we have strayed away from you, and we are further away from you than our parents were. So, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would move in this generation generation move on our hearts and draw us closer to you allow us to put our priorities in order and to seek your face father in the name of jesus 
I just got a funny feeling and a sneaky suspicion that if we start to praise you and prioritize you, our marriages will be stronger. Our children will be more obedient. Our community will be more united. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that those of us who are people of the light would be just that, the light of the world. Drive the darkness away. Father God, in Jesus' name, we ask that your spirit would guide us, that it would lead us, comfort and console us uh, during some very dark and uncertain days. We still pray that you would heal our land. We're very much in the midst of a pandemic and many people are acting like it's over. But Lord God, we ask that heaven would have mercy on us. I ask in the name of Jesus that you heal the hearts of those who have lost loved ones during this pandemic. Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would provide for those who've lost jobs during this pandemic. Give peace to those who have almost lost their minds in this pandemic. Lord God, we stretch our hands to thee. No other help we know. Lord, if you'll draw yourself from us, where else can we go? So we just ask in the name of, that's my prayer today, that you continue to draw us close to you. Even when we rebel, even when we reject you, even when we try to pull away, Lord, pull us back into the place in you where you desire for us to be so that we can grow, so that we can exist, so that we can live, uh, so that we can be effective in this world. Lord God, we thank you for our time together this day. I command a blessing over each hearer in the name of Jesus. Those who have uh, invested some time in this podcast and, and those who hear me praying at this moment, I pray in the name of Jesus for supernatural blessing and favor over their lives. Bless their finances, bless their health, bless their automobiles, bless their homes, their dwelling place. I pray for a blessing over the people of God in Jesus' name. It's in the matchless name of Jesus our Christ that we do pray and ask these things by faith. Amen and thank God. Family, I almost got happy right here talking to the Lord. I do hope and pray you've been blessed by this free indeed Friday podcast. But it's time for me to get up out of here. It's Pastor Free. I love you. You, whoever you is, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Ah, I love you.